Hey, Kevin here, Skylabs, doing another video. We got another top five. This is our favorite Sansui receivers. This one's gonna be a little bit controversial, I think. I think there's gonna be a lot of people that disagree with this list. I might disagree with this list in a way. This was a really hard list to do. I, I didn't struggle with the Pioneer one at all. That took me three minutes to put that list in order. This one, I switched a lot of things around several times. I had to really think about it. So let's not take this too seriously. These lists are fun. I would imagine a lot of people are gonna disagree with me on this list, but that's just the way it is. And um, I don't know, leave some comments, change my mind why I'm wrong if I am. I'm a big boy, I can handle it. And for any of you that have been in the shop or you know have talked to me about receivers and amplifiers and stuff that I prefer, I'm pretty quick to say that I do like Sansui and not all of it is because of anything other than one of my parents' friends that was overseas for Vietnam brought one back. And I don't remember the model number. I was really young, but I do remember it was a Sansui. And I remember thinking it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. That was probably my first memory of a two channel stereo for whatever that's worth. The owner, his name was Dave, and he was just a cool dude. Drove a motorcycle, he smoked cigarettes, and he owned a Sansui. Uh, to me, my five-year-old self, that thing was huge. So it might even have been quadraphonic, I'm not sure. But it, that is a common story you hear. when uh, We purchase a lot of stereo equipment, and a lot of times when Sansui equipment comes in, it's usually followed by a story of, I bought this overseas, or my dad bought this overseas. A lot of Navy Exchange or the PX. It seems like a lot of people that were stationed overseas were buying a lot of Sansu equipment and bringing it back home. So for those of you out there that did that, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it. One of the other reasons I like Sansu is I like their styling. I like their logo. It's kind of like a football team, in my opinion. You know, some of the stuff is, you kind of get... You kind of get attached to a brand for whatever reason and it might be the team colors you know in this case i like the original sansui logo especially with the japanese writing on it i like the look of their products it doesn't mean that they're better than marantz or pioneer um, it's just what i was attracted to cosmetically and so with that out of the way let's get into the list and at number five we've got the G5700. And this unit was made from 1979 to 1980. It's 75 watts per channel and it's got 0.03 total harmonic distortion. All right, the 5700. This one's interesting in that for a while I had my Macintosh speakers set up. I'll put a picture up. And I, I had them in the shop for two years probably. And this is a massive set of speakers. And I, I had everything hooked up to those speakers from uh, Pioneer 1980 to 9090 DBs. Uh, everything that came through the store pretty much that was, you know, a beefy unit got hooked up to those Macintosh. It was two sets of speakers. They're eight ohms, but nothing. And this is going to sound odd, but I had a lot of customers that had, you know, regular customers that would come in and they would... I would play them. Hey, check this out. Check out what the Macintosh sound like with the SX1980 or, oh man, you should try the 9090DB, you know? And I remember that G5700, I don't know what it was about it, but that G5700 just sounded incredible 
with those Macintosh speakers. I don't know why. On paper, it doesn't make sense. It's way underpowered for those Macintosh speakers, but those Macintosh speakers and that G5700 just they 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 were they were buddies. And um I don't think I ever heard anything sound as good as that little 5700. I don't know why. But it it just did. And everybody agreed with me. A lot of those people that had come in were like it doesn't make sense. And I get it. It doesn't make sense. But we see this in the shop quite a bit where you like you put two things together and you're like they just work together. I don't know why, but they just do. You know, this unit just sounds better. I don't know why. That happens. You know, we'll get the same unit over and over and over and over. And one of us in the shop, why somebody else is working on, we'll say, holy blop bleep, that thing, that thing's got it, doesn't it? And, you know, we don't know why. It, sometimes things just sound better than others. So anyway, this is that case. 75 watts per channel. That's a good amount of, of power. Uh, especially being this is the second tier in this lineup being there's a 4700 and there's a 5700 so the second unit in the tier had 75 watts per channel that's pretty crazy you know they didn't really they didn't have a 15 or 20 watt per channel unit um, between 1979 and 80. so the negatives would be the digital readouts they're going to be tough to source they're going to be tough to fix if there's an issue there this is where Sansui started slipping along with everybody else. This is the late 70s. They started cutting corners. And then also it's a vinyl wrap cabinet. This is not real wood, so it is what it is. That's our number five spot. That's the Sansui G5700. And coming in at the number four spot, we've got the Sansui 2000X. This was built from 1971 to 1975. It was 39 watts per channel and it has 0.8 total harmonic distortion. This was one of the first vintage receivers I ever owned. I bought this from a local iconic hi-fi shop maybe 10 years ago. I paid like 40 bucks for it serviced. Um, I fell in love with this receiver for many reasons. It's got a really elegant design. It's got a really nice wood cabinet. It sounds amazing. I've driven, I don't know how many different sets of speakers with, with a 2000X over the years, and I still have it. This is one of those uh, receivers that I'll just never sell. And it, has, it definitely has plenty of power. And some people say, you know, why not, why not the 5000X? And, you know, this is one of the shady parts of the Sansui past where the, the, some of the boards inside of the 5000A and the 5000X, the early Xs, had recalled board. They would literally catch on fire. The negatives, and this is a negative for a lot of Sansui's, is I, I do not like how when you switch from the tuner to the phono or auxiliary that the tuning lights go out. The only time your dial lights illuminate are when you're in FM or AM. There is a way around this if you are using like a CD player, Bluetooth input, or a network streamer. You would just plug that into your tape input and then leave it on FM. And this allows you to keep your dial light. But if you want to use the phono preamp, there's no way to use the phono preamp and have your AM FM dial illuminated. So snivel, snivel. It's not that big of a deal, but that's one of the negatives. And that was our number four, which was the 2000X. And coming in at number three, and maybe the most controversial one on the list, we've got the Sansui Model 8, also known as the Engineer's Receiver. And this one was made between 1970 and 1973. 
50 watts per channel, 0.3 total harmonic distortion. Some people say these are really easy to work on. Some, some other people say they're really hard to work on. One thing most people agree on though, is that they are really overbuilt. These things are built like tanks. I mean, they are stout for the amount of wattage they put out. They're just really well built. There were no corners cut at all. I love the Model 8. I like the sleek look of the Model 8. They're kind of a rare receiver. You do not see very many of these at all. If you do see one, grab it. They had a lot of power for this era. These are just a really good all-around receiver. And one of the biggest negatives is their rarity. You're gonna have trouble finding parts for one of these if you need a knob or if you need a faceplate or if you need a cabinet, those types of things. Uh, you're gonna be looking for a while. So if you're gonna grab one of these, grab one in really good cosmetic shape and really good shape in general. Um, definitely don't pass one by if you do come across one though in good shape. These are an excellent receiver. And that is the number three spot on our list. That was the Sansui Model 8. And coming in at number two, we've got the G9000. That's right, the big boy. This thing is huge. They are badass, no doubt about it. And you might say, well, why didn't you, why didn't you put the G22000 or the G33000? I've never seen one. I mean, yes, I've seen pictures of them. I do know they exist, but they are so rare. And I don't really like talking about things that I haven't heard or um, I haven't had myself. And um, I've never, like I say, I've never seen a G22000 or 33000 in person. So uh, maybe someday, but as of right now, I, I can't really give you an opinion on it because I haven't heard one. So the G9000, these were made between 1978 and 1979. They're 160 watts per channel and they have 0 0.03 total harmonic distortion. Uh, the pros, the looks, they were powerful. They have huge knobs and maybe it's a guy thing. I don't know, but there's something about a big volume control and the feel when you turn it. Um, and these things are huge. They have really good headroom. They will drive any speaker you put in front of it. I, I love the looks of these things. I, I, I think they just did such a good job on them. They are really, really really cool they are really 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 badass but there are several negatives and that's why this is not the number one spot this is why this is in the second spot and those negatives would be it's a really thin cabinet it's eight inch material with a vinyl wrap and for a receiver that was priced the way it was i think these were the same price as the 1250 from pioneer to not have real wood veneer to have a cheaply made cabinet, it's just kind of disappointing. These also, the, the chrome on the side of the faceplate will wear right off. That's not chrome, that's painted on. The, the faceplates are thin. Another negative would be they have the inputs for your sources and your outputs for your speakers on the sides. And if you're OCD or if you're a neat freak, if you like cable management, this is not your receiver. And they're not the only ones that did this. Pioneer did this too. but. It drives me crazy. I don't like it either. And I don't consider myself OCD, but I hate that you have all your wires coming up the side of this thing where you can see it from the front, no matter what you do. I mean, there are some, some cable management hooks on the side, but it never, it never looks good. It just doesn't. So I'm glad this didn't last long. Um, once again, pioneer did it too, but this is definitely a negative in my opinion for the 9,000. 
The other thing is their filter capacitors were oval shaped. You just don't have any good options for replacing those capacitors besides restuffing them and keeping that original look. So there is that too. And that is our number two spot. That is the Sansui G9000. And coming in at the number one spot, we have got the legendary Sansui 9090. I didn't say DB. Nope. No, no DB. Do not get the DB. Avoid the DB. The 9090 was made from 1975 to 1977. 110 watts per channel with 0.2 total harmonic distortion. And why did we not put the DB on here? Um, a lot of reasons. They're a pain in the butt. And you're only gaining 15 watts per channel. You're also gaining a complete pain in the butt. There's two different versions of that DB board and they are failing like crazy at this point. They are a nightmare to bypass. It is just an extra feature that nobody needs anymore. So if the 15 watts is worth the extra money to get the, the DB board bypassed, then go for it. In my opinion, I would take a 9090 over a 9090 DB any day of the week, period, hands down. Hell, I'd take a 7070 over a 9090 DB. I just, I don't need that much power and that DB board, there's a lot of text that will not touch one of those things because of that issue. So just keep that in mind. Uh, I don't want to slam the 9090 DB too much. Uh, I've owned several of them. Uh, one as a personal stereo for several years, never had any issues with it, but it is coming. You know, every one of those is going to have an issue at some point and that DB board is going to have to be bypassed. So anyway, what are the... The positives for the 9090 are, in my opinion, the looks. They look incredible. It's an iconic receiver. It's a monster receiver. I love the, the blue dial. I love the, the yellow VU meters. I just think everything's laid out really well. It's got a nice big heavy wood cabinet on it. It's built like a tank. They're just an amazing unit. You can drive any set of speakers with a 9090. And... Um, it's kind of the, the peak, in my opinion, for Sansui. After this is when they started cutting corners, but the 9090 is, is, is the best of the best as far as their receivers go, in my opinion. So if you get a chance, grab a 9090. You're going to love it. No question. There are some negatives, and these are a little... They didn't give you much wire slack or service loop. They were stingy on their wire. A lot of times you have to desolder boards because they didn't give you enough wire to move the board out of the way to get to something underneath. Sansui is guilty of it. So are other people. Uh, this isn't just a Sansui thing, but this model seems to be that way in a lot of ways. And really besides that, I don't know of a lot of negatives. These are just really well-built, great sounding monster receivers from the heyday. Love this receiver. I would never hesitate to own another one. And that was our number one spot, the Sansui 9090. Once again, thank you for making it to the end of the list. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope nobody took it too seriously. Like I said, I could have swapped a lot of these around several times. I love Sansui equipment. You just got to know what you're looking for. Anyway, um, thank you for sticking around to the end. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking. We've got a lot of really cool things coming up in the future. And uh, I hope you stick around to see it. Thank you very much and have a good day.